54 this morning, and uh, so you can turn there if you'd like to. read this verse last week that we're going to read today, Isaiah 54 and 1, and uh, it just kind of stirred something in me, and so I want to preach on that this week, and I want to preach under this title, What to Do in a Dark Season, What to Do in a Dark Season. Has anyone ever been in a dark season? Life has a tendency of bringing some dark seasons to us at various times, and so I want to preach to that that need today, what to do in a dark season. Isaiah 54 and 1, it says, Sing, O barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing, cry aloud, you who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Sing, O barren. And with an exclamation point, he says, you who have not born, break forth into singing, cry aloud, you have not labored with child. It's kind of a strange verse, really, when you think about it. To be barren was a curse. It was a curse. Those who were barren lived in shame. It was a curse unto them. And the assumption was that they probably had done something to displease God, to dishonor God. And so their judgment was that they would be without child. It was a painful thing to the woman who was barren. It was a painful thing to the father who had no children. This was a shame to them. It was a curse. And even now, you know, though people, we are more understanding about uh, the troubles that people can have and we understand more about what can cause barrenness, It is for the person who suffers from infertility a very painful thing, especially if they desire to have a child. Because it is painful to have a deep desire that goes unfulfilled. That's a painful thing. Can I get an agreement with an amen from somebody? To be barren represents, in this scripture, an absence of producing. It's synonymous with being empty, having nothing inside that would produce something in the future. A season of emptiness. To have nothing being brought forth and no hope of ever producing for the future. Such is suffering sometimes. A season in which you wonder if anything will come out of it. We are willing to suffer if we know that there's going to be something gained. We, we can value that. We can understand that. It's sort of like uh, many of us and that new year rolls around and we suffer a little bit to get that 15 pounds off that we added over Christmas. We know that there's some pain involved there. There might even be some suffering whenever you turn down dessert for the next month. 
but you know there's something going to come out of it that's beautiful. But sometimes, let's just admit it today, that sometimes suffering is not like that. Suffering can be a season in which you wonder, is there anything good going to come out of this that I'm going through? When it feels empty and vain, that's a different kind of suffering. There's no hope in that kind of suffering. It kind of saps your hope. It takes away from you the things that you are looking forward to. Empty seasons, dark seasons, without hope of something greater. Sarah's barrenness caused her to surrender the hope of ever having a child. She surrendered that hope. She said to her husband, have you considered my handmaid Hagar? I can't give you what God has said he's going to give you, so I'm surrendering the hope that's supposed to be there, and instead, why don't you consider my handmaiden? She surrendered in a season of barrenness, a season of darkness. She surrendered that hope. That's what it can do to you. Rachel's barrenness caused her to pray till God no longer ignored her affliction. And we celebrate that story. But I guarantee you there were some Rachels that were barren, that they prayed and prayed and prayed, and God never looked their direction. Hannah was so heavy in her suffering that it could be seen by everyone. She wore the emptiness on her face throughout her life. Her husband could see it, and he tried to compensate with gifts, but she said, don't give me gifts. Give me a son. Give me a child. Give me an heir. Give me something for the future. Give me what my heart desires. She wore that heaviness on her face. The priest could see it, and he could hear it when she was in the temple, and she called out to God and said, God, give me a child. I'll give that child right back to you if I can just have one child. Some of us today know what it is like to be in a barren, empty season of life. When your face betrays you, it possesses your prayers, and it presses you to surrender any hope of what could happen in the future. It's walking through dark times, and I want to preach to you this morning what you need to do in those dark seasons, what you need to do in those seasons of barrenness where it seems like nothing is going to be produced out of this. It seems like nothing good is going to come to this. When you are at your most vulnerable of surrendering all hope, that's when you need to know what to do might be in one of those seasons of life right now it might seem strange the text that we read in Isaiah to say sing O barren you who have not born break forth into singing cry aloud you who have not labored with child but the key to understanding the verse is found in this statement for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman well, who are the children of the desolate? Who are the children of the married woman? For a long season before the church was born, God's chosen people had very few children. You say, what are you talking about? Israel grew and multiplied in Egypt, and they grew. They continued to grow, conquered land. But Israel was the married woman, and there were few that were members 
Few were her sons and daughters. I mean real sons and daughters, the children of God. Her feast days and her celebrations were often attended by a multitude of hypocrites. Yes, they would keep the traditions. Yes, they would sit down at the plate on the feast days. Yes, they would go to the temple. But her courts were filled with formalists just keeping tradition. They weren't really alive. They weren't really genuine children. There were only a few genuine children of the Lord in that day and then Jesus came John 1 and 11 tells us that he came to his own and his own did not receive him it's true what Isaiah said that he came as a root out of dry ground it had dried up and there was nothing being produced and he came as a root out of dry ground Isaiah 53 and 2 the married woman had few children. It was a dry ground. It was a barren place. It was a desperate place. So Jesus came, and after all the ministering that he did, after all the miracles, after all of the messages that he taught, every sermon that he preached, after three and a half years of ministry, when he ministered to thousands, speaking at least at times to more than 5,000 and doing miracles before them, after all of that, there were only a few that remained faithful to him. Children of the married wife, very, very few. What a dark night it was when Judas betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. What a dark night it was when all the disciples forsook him and fled. Then the one who was supposed to be closest to him said, I, I, I don't know him. I'm not familiar with the man. I'm not one of them. When given the chance to free him, the people he administered to said, away with him. Give us Barabbas. Give us the murderer. Give us the thief. Pilate said, what should I do with the one called Christ? And they cried out, crucify him. That was a dark day. So the children of the married wife were so very, very few when they hung the Lord of glory on the cross of Calvary that day. When they lifted him up between two thieves, where was Zion? Where were those people? Where were the people who had such a rich history? Where were his followers? Where were the sons and daughters of the married woman? Only a few gathered where he hung on a shameful tree. He cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was a dark night. It was a dark season. It seemed as though the light had gone out. The candle of hope had been snuffed out. And who would have believed on that night, that dark night, that in just a few days, one month and ten days almost exactly, there would be a visitation of the presence of the Lord such as the world had never seen before. There was coming a time of refreshing where the presence of the Lord could hardly be understood by the prophets what God was going to do when he poured out his spirit in that upper room where 120 were filled with the Holy Spirit. No one could foresee that on that dark night. Some of those who were gathered together in Jerusalem at the feast day of Pentecost ask, what is this? What's happening here? Some said these people are drunk. Peter said, no, we're not drunk. This is the fulfilling of the saying by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out on my spirit 
on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit on those days. They said, what shall we do? So Peter said to them in Acts 2, 37 and 38, he said, you repent. 37, they said, what shall we do? Verse 38, he says, repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we know from the recording, the account, that 3,000 that day were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They experienced a new birth that Jesus spoke of in John chapter 3, a birth of the water and of the Spirit when they obeyed what Peter said to do. Praise God. I thank God that I've been able to experience that when I obeyed direction given by the Lord and His Word. I'm so thankful to have been filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful to have been baptized in Jesus' name. I am thankful for what God has done, what he did on that day, and what he continues to do now. And if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, you can have it today. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, you can be baptized. We can make a plan and make it happen. But I want to say today that whenever we wait and we're in seasons of darkness, there is coming another day that's going to be a new day that you can't see right now in the darkness you can't see right now in the barrenness but there will be a change from that day of Pentecost until now it has kept on going and growing surely the Isaiah words of Isaiah were fulfilled sing O barren you who have not born break forth in the singing cry aloud you have not labored with child for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman who is the married woman that's Israel well who is the the children of the desolate. That would be the church of the living God. And on that day, 120 received the Holy Spirit. And then 3,000 received the Holy Spirit. And on and on it has went until it reached the farthest parts of the earth. The Lord added to the church daily, as it says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. He adds daily to the church. Persecution scattered it, but it couldn't stop it. The church grew anyway. In Rome, the Holy Spirit was being poured out and being preached in the palace of Caesar. The truth was being preached. It could not be stopped. Resistance could not stop it. All of the Caesars of Rome could not stop it. Storms could not stop it. Oceans could not stop it. The spread of the gospel and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it could not be stopped. The gods of Venus and Jupiter tried, but they could not stop the spread of the Holy Spirit. Diana of the enemies, the Ephesians, could not stop the great revival that God was bringing. The devil, with every trick that he tried, could not stop the pouring out of God's Spirit on God's people. The Lord is still adding to the church daily. It's even reached to you and I. It reached down through the millennia. And it's touching us here today. More are the children of the desolate. More are the children of the desolate in the absence of her Lord than are the children of the married woman when the bridegroom was present with her. Again and again, when the people of God have been in desolate, dark places, the Lord has appeared to his church. The church is still the apple 
of his eye, as Scripture puts it. He still cares about his people. He still cares about his church. And throughout the centuries, Isaiah's word have been fulfilled over and over and over. When the church gets in a barren place, God steps in. When the church gets low, God steps in. When dark seasons come, God steps in. So he says, sing, O barren. Why? Because God is still on the throne. God is still present. God is still doing a work. He's still pouring out his spirit. He's still blessing his children he has not abandoned or forsaken anyone he is still there this is a great promise a great promise for every one of us to grab a hold of and I think uh, I think every one of us should hang on to it this morning there are times when life gets you in a barren place there are times when life takes you into dark seasons there are times when you feel like nothing is being produced right now there are times when you get into pitiful condition maybe it's because you feel like you failed maybe it's because someone you leaned on failed you maybe it's because of a combination of worldliness and spiritual lethargy maybe it's because a lack of exercising faith because life has beaten you around so much that you have gotten down in your spirit. Maybe it's from a lack of faithfulness to the house of God and supporting the work God is doing. Maybe it's because there have been no tears, no prayers, no worship for some time in your life. Whatever the reason or the cause may be, let me tell you the truth. Every person comes to a season where they feel desolate, they feel barren, they walk through a dark, lonely place. And I've learned it happens to people, it happens to people in God's church, and it happens to the church itself sometimes. What is a person to do when it happens? I know this is going to be deep to some of you. Some want to let their emotions and feelings lead them. Surrender all control over to the storm that's overtaking them. But that's not what a Christian should do. I'll tell you what we should do. We should go ahead and sing. That's what a Christian does. You open up your mouth and you begin to sing. You let a song flow from your heart in worship to the Lord. Because that's what you should do. You sing and lay hold of the promise of God. That it's not over. That it's not finished. That it's not settled. God is still working sing O barren you who have not born break forth into singing cry aloud you have not labored with child for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman so you say Lord here I go I'm going to sing you said the children of the Lord would be many so I'm going to lay hold on that promise Because the truth is, the more barren, the more desolate, the more desperate the situation is, the more dark the season is, the greater God's glory is when he fulfills his promise. That's what happens. Something greater comes out of it. Greater is the blessing in the barren and desolate place when God pours out his spirit. Greater is the refreshing on hearts that are darkened when God visits them. Somewhere in this word, something ought to stir you up to say, I am going to cling to faith. I'm going to hang on and I'm going to stir up the faith of my heart go ahead and sing sometimes we feel very very lost we feel desolate we feel barren we feel empty we feel we feel lost 
Just hold on to God. Hold on to his promise. Change is coming. Change is coming. So sing, O barren. But he doesn't stop there. And I'm getting ready to end. Wyatt, if you'll go let... thinking someone else was coming in. It's always good to have music in the altar call. So, Sing, O barren. But he doesn't just say sing. No, he does not stop there. If you read the next verse, oh, and everyone, this should, this should stir you up and increase your faith. This should make you Reach down in the deep parts. Maybe it's been hidden away for some time. But start to believe again that the Lord is with you. Isaiah 54 and 2 says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Well, why do you do that? You do that because the tent is about to be expanded. You do that because if a wind comes in and blows that bigger tent over, you need to have strong stakes and you need to have long cords to hold it down. Why? Because something is about to fill that tent. Children. The children of the desolate. They're about to fill up the tent. I feel the witness of the Spirit here right now. Why? Because God is not done yet. It may look barren. It may look desolate. It may look dark. But I'm telling someone, widen your tent stakes. Get them on out there. Get ready for the harvest that's going to come. Get ready for the future that's going to come. Get ready for the change that's about to shift because that's when God does his best work. It looked dark on that Calvary night. It looked like this was over. Every disciple was running for the hills saying, my Lord is gone. They've taken him from me. But he wasn't done. Isaiah 54 and 3 goes on, For you shall expand to the right and to the left. Your descendants will inherit the nations and make desolate cities inhabited. The desolate places become inhabited. Where there was barrenness, now there's children. Where there was desolation, now there's inhabitants. Where there was emptiness, now it's filled. Because it's just a season. So sing, 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 sing. Isaiah 54, 6 through 7 says, The Lord has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, like a youthful wife when you were refused, says your God. For a mere moment, I have forsaken you. But with great mercies, I will gather you. It's just a moment. It's just a season. God is not done. So sing, O barren. God is getting ready to make the field fertile again. 
God is getting ready to take the barren to make it produce something again. The empty shall be filled. The glory of God will shine brighter in your life than it ever has before. And you would never know what that was until you walk in a barren place. Until you walk through darkness. Until you walk through desolate places. Desperate places. You will never know the glory of God. So start rejoicing because God is getting ready to do something. Sing, sing, sing. Would you stand with me? The Spirit of the Lord here right now, and He is talking to someone. You've been walking through a dark season. You've been wondering, what, what do I do? I don't know what to do. It's been so dark. I just, I don't feel like I'm touching God. I don't feel like I'm hearing from God. Has God abandoned me? God's saying it's just a moment. You sing. Start singing a song. I don't know what to sing. Go to the Psalms and find something to sing. Just start singing. Sing a song from your heart because the season is going to come to an end. Get your tent spread out, get ready to receive what God is going to do because that season is coming to an end. And when it does, the glory of God is going to show. People who are looking at you saying, what's been going on in your life? Say, what do you say, what do you mean? I can see it on your face like Hannah. Something has you. It's been possessing your prayers. It's been possessing your thoughts. They're going to look at you and they're going to say, man, what happened to you? What has happened in your life that's made such a change and such a difference? Say it was the glory of God. I walked through a barren place, but I'm going to tell you, God, when he got ready through that season, shined brighter than ever he shined brighter than ever praise God, praise God, praise God can you give him a hand clap of praise praise God I know there are some today you can testify and say yes I know what it is to walk through a barren place and I know what it is to come out on the other side I don't understand how it all works, I don't understand how it all fits together but I came through God made something in my life that was not there before. And I'm talking to others that you're walking right now in a barren place and you don't know what you should do. I'm giving you the answer this morning. You just sing. You just sing. Rejoice. Because God is getting ready to do something. He's not forsaken or abandoned you. I wonder if as a church body, as a church family, if we could gather to the front. I feel like there are those here, they need to seek the Lord and say, God, I'm going to get my song back. I'm going to start singing the song of faith. I'm going to trust you. There are others that are here that you just want to come up and you want to worship God. You're thinking back to some time when you were walking through that barrenness and you're saying, God, I thank you for carrying me through that. I want to thank you for giving me a song when I did not have and I could not sing but you made a way where there was no way Lord I magnify you today God I thank you for your people I thank you Lord for the many many blessings that you've put upon us and I thank you for what you're doing in our lives 
God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would remind us right now, you have reminded us in your word that we can always sing that everything that is allowed in our life is being done for our goodness because scripture says so because you made the promise so we're clinging to your promises in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name would you come would you seek the Lord would you pray take a moment and pray take a moment and open your heart to the Lord let us speak